What's up everyone? This is Ankit from forcepreneur.com and you're listening to the Forcepreneur podcast. On this show, I talk to founders of successful Salesforce companies and try to get a sense of what it is to be an entrepreneur in Salesforce Cosmos. How did it all start and how was the journey until now? How do they make decisions both in professional and personal life? Our goal here is to learn from their examples so that the rest of us can go on and build our own profitable Salesforce businesses. I'm very excited for today's episode because our guest today is a marketing tools champion which is actually my weak spot in the entire Salesforce toolkit. She is a Salesforce MVP and founder of the Spot for Pardot blog. Currently, she is the CEO of Circante, a sales and marketing strategy company which she also founded. Hello Andrea, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, um sales and marketing strategy like as i as i said it's my weak spot like marketing cloud or anything to do with marketing or pardot has always been my weak spot coming from a developer background so how did it all got started and how are you so interested in marketing yeah so um as you mentioned i'm the founder and ceo of circate um and our mission is to help marketers be successful with the salesforce platform so primarily working with pardot but also um sales cloud and other parts of uh marketing cloud like ad studio and social studio um like a lot of people in this ecosystem i kind of fell into fell into it so um one of the a company that i worked at in 2010 it was an insurance broker um i joined them as their only marketing person um and found that they a had no email marketing platform and b had no salesforce admin it was the wild west like we had like 20 sales reps that had admin access and were making changes left and right um so <laughs> quickly took that over um uh, and implemented pardot uh for them so i've been working with both of those tools uh since 2010 so we can call you the accidental marketer like the yep. accidental <laughs> admin <laughs> exactly yep <laughs> uh did you study marketing were you always interested in marketing or it just kind of you just kind of went with it yeah i just kind of fell into it i actually studied political science in school um uh, i wanted to work for the the government like the state department Wow. Uh, but quickly realized that wasn't going to be the path for me and um yeah just sort of, sort of stumbled into um stumbled into marketing stumbled into salesforce administration uh, and just found that I really loved it um and I I started Circante in uh November of 2017 so a little over 2 years ago um but basically I, I'm I'm trying to build the company that I wish I could have hired when I was a marketer um so what we're finding is that a lot of the marketing agencies um like traditional creative agencies that have dabbled in pardot um while they're really strong at the the marketing strategy and the creative side of the house um uh, when it comes to technology and what happens to a lead after it hits the salesforce side they're sort of out of their depth um salesforce consultants almost have the opposite gap where um from a technology and process perspective they're rock solid but when a marketer comes to them and says what kind what kind of campaign should i be be building what nurture content do i need to write um that's not the space that they're looking to play in either so to kind of kind of sit up in the middle of marketing agencies and salesforce consultants and we aim to provide um everything from strategy creative content development graphic design uh, and technical execution on the platform so that uh for a moment a lead hits your website to the minute it becomes a closed one opportunity in salesforce um marketers have what they need and can track every every step of that interaction 
Interesting. That's really nice because for my last project, I worked for a startup and that's the first time I implemented Pardot. And basically I made the whole, uh, how's this view called where you have emails and everything opens. It's, it's the studio. Yeah, engagement studio. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So I created the whole flow, but I didn't have any idea of the content. So like the CEO was just giving me content and it was like, okay, if three days, this, the, if three days, nobody opens an email, do that. So it's a very interesting and it's a very unique business point. It has a very unique selling point. I want to come back a little back to what you said is a very nice thing where you want where you want to build a company where you would like to work. So tell us a little more about that. I mean, not just the product that you're offering, but also the work culture and what kind of values you are bringing, because that's also important to a company, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's a little unique about Circante is we actually have no physical office. So I'm based in Atlanta. Um, we have four uh, team members in the UK two in Canada and the rest uh, sprinkled across the US. Um, so totally virtual collabor collaboration environment. Uh, we rely on Zoom and Slack really heavily to stay in touch and um, kind of build our culture. But because the whole team is remote, we've had to be very purposeful about values and making sure that we're recruiting people that align with the type of company that we're looking to build. Um, so yeah, we, one, of, one of our core values is extreme ownership. So basically, anytime you come across a problem, it's on you to solve it. Um, if a customer um, isn't getting back to you, it's on you to chase them until they give you the answer that you need. Um, so that that's something that's a really core part of our ethos that we try to instill in all of our team members. Did you found it alone, or do you have co-founders or head of department? Yeah, co-founders. Yeah, say, like that. Yeah, so I'm I'm a solo founder, um, but have a couple of team members who have been on board since the very beginning. Um, we, so November, 2017, as I mentioned, um, in year one, we did, we hit a million dollars in revenue and had eight employees. Wow. Year. Yeah. It's been, Congratulations. It's been a crazy, crazy journey. There's a lot of product customers that need help. <laughs> of course. Wow. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, please more. Yeah. And then in, so in year two, um, we ended last year, um, at 4 million uh, and 26 employees and are on a, a aggressive growth path for this year. Uh, 8 million is our, is our target. We figured if we qu quadrupled between the first two years, slowing down and doubling is a growth pace we were willing to accept. More power to you. I will add some clapping. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, coming to remote teams, I'm also quite uh, intrigued by this topic. So it seems like it's working for you really well. Uh, do you get together? And how is the structure like? Like, I'm yeah. sure you are now on top of the pinnacle, but then you have people managing separate teams, right? Yeah. So um, we, as, as I mentioned, like the, the word that, that comes to mind most often when I think about the culture we're trying to build is purposeful, because because everybody is separate and we're not all in a physical office together, um, we have to be really purposeful about how we communicate, when we communicate, um, and make sure that, like, try extra hard to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So um, we do daily team standups in Zoom. So our expectation for Zoom is camera on, no matter what, doesn't matter if you just got out of bed or if you have a crying baby in the background, camera on, we're all going to see each other for at least 15 minutes every day for stand-up. Um, we also do a week, we also do a weekly uh, team knowledge sharing huddle where we talk about 
interesting solutions that we built for clients and do taught solutions show and tell um, and kind of get together on other training topics that we want the team to all be on the same page with. Um, we also have a really robust uh, employee onboarding program. So we built it out in Asana um, and created a set of um, quick documents that we refer to as the Circante way. So things about like the way we communicate, uh, the way that we work with each other, things that we expect every team member to be accountable for, um, our core values. Uh, and that, that's a huge part of getting a new team member ripped up. Uh, we are also, sorry, one, one last thing I'll throw out there. Um, sure, sure, please, please. We, we are also um, trying to get the whole team together um, at least once a year for our, we actually were meant to go to Puerto Rico to do an onsite, but the, the a massive earthquake, like biggest in a century happened, literally the week that yeah. we were supposed to go. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do it in Nashville uh, in March, and I'm really looking forward to getting the, the whole team together. So Tennessee whiskey is quite famous. Yeah. I can tell you that. <laughs> Very much looking forward Interesting. to that. Interesting. So um, yeah, that seems like an amazing growth that you are, and you are on a great path. So how do you? Uh, how are you managing uh, getting new people? You know, you have this amazing growth going on and I believe you mentioned, but yeah, uh, how are you managing the growth in terms of getting right people and in the right place? Because that's important to keep the growth going. And how is your customer pipeline looking like? Yeah, the recruiting piece is, is honestly one of the hardest things. Um, there, There's, I mean, in the entire Salesforce ecosystem, I feel like there's a shortage of talent in the Pardot sliver of that ecosystem, there's a, a massive shortage of talent. Um, I agree. There's lots of people who are who are learning Pardot at a very high level or are getting some exposure to it. But for us to provide the type of consulting that our clients are looking for, we need people who know it inside and out, backwards and forwards, uh, at a really really deep level. Um, so we're we're basically taking great Pardot talent wherever we can find it in the world. Um, and our, our team has been a great source of recruiting uh, recruiting those people. We we generally have a pretty large presence at like dreaming events, world tours, um, and networking and just meeting people at, at like other part of and community events is where the, the vast majority of our team has, we found them. Um, I also think it's a great way for, because we usually have multiple team members at those events, um, they, new potential candidates get a really good feel for our culture and how we talk to each other, how we work together. Um, so have found, have found that to be a really great recruiting source. Nice. I think it's the right time where if someone is listening and is interested in joining your team, how do they get in touch with you and how do they write to you? Yeah. They, um, so on our website, we have a careers page that talks a little bit about roles that we're, we're actively recruiting for. Um, we're in because we're growing really quickly, our needs are changing in terms of who we're recruiting. So if you look at that and you don't see a role that's exactly right for you, um, feel free to ping me directly. It's just Andrea at Um and we'd love to, to chat about uh, potential opportunities. Right. Or also write her on LinkedIn. That's what I go, got uh, introduced to her and, and it worked out quite fine. Nice. So... Um, you just mentioned dreaming events and you know now there's a dreaming event pretty much in i think in every state in us so at least in europe I, there's one in every major country apart from the dark region for reasons we discuss later um so uh 
are you sponsoring all these events are you presenting at these events and how how important as an entrepreneur or someone running a company do you see the importance of these events for your growth i find them extremely important um we 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 haven't sponsored very many events where because we're a startup and still in hyper growth mode um the marketing budget is is obviously limited um but if you speak at an event you generally get a free ticket and it's a great way to get visibility and share some of the things that we're learning with with clients um so we generally prioritize submitting a lot of sessions and um uh, anybody who gets a session picked um on our team uh gets gets sent on the road nice it's a little ironic a marketing company saying they have a mu- fixed marketing budget but nice <laughs> yeah we um uh, ironically um uh, we didn't have a a website even for the first um year and a half of the business <laughs> no yeah really we we just grew through word of mouth um uh, we used a free mailchimp account to do all of our marketing until finally the pardot marketing team emailed me and they're like listen like you're sending your email newsletter out about pardot through mailchimp and you need to stop So they helped us get set up with a Pardot account and then we were we've been off to the races. <laughs> I'll go a little off script and ask you this, what's your customer base like? Are you working with startups? Are you working with SMEs or are you working with those big enterprise giants? Yeah, so it's it's all across the board. Um a lot of our our customers have come in as like people who are reaching out through the blog, the spot for Pardot, um or who are referrals from other customers or um yeah have have heard about our team kind of word of mouth style um and so as a result the our customer mix is extremely diverse the smallest company i work with we work with has two salesforce users so itty bitty but then also large enterprises like um stanley block and decker t-mobile vonage um so all across the board nice can you give me like a separation number like 30 30 40 or maybe 50 50 or um it's it's honestly like there's i just did some reporting on this for our like year end like team debrief of kind of how things went there's there's seriously nothing like there's no industry clusters or the the bulk of our revenue comes from large customers because mm-hmm. we have a couple of like massive retainer contracts mm-hmm. um like insurance telecommunications mm-hmm. um yeah high tech like SaaS companies those are probably the three verticals that we have the most dollars coming in from um nice. but it's it's all over the board interesting so you mentioned uh, the spot for pardot blog uh, so how did it that started and uh, as i understand that is the feeder for how your company now gains customers right so tell us yeah. a little bit about that blog um so i started the blog um 3 months prior to starting the business um so i before like officially starting Circada I guess I would say um I I I got a a full-time contract role um at a company here in Atlanta and um as part of that process kind of had to go through and file like the LLC paperwork and get everything set up um and I I wasn't ready to put myself out there and start looking for new potential customers so almost as an inter- as a alternative stall tactic kind of thing. I decided I was like okay, I'll just I'll get the blog started. I will um write content about some of the things that I um like I'm finding and th- like problems that I've run into with Pardot in the past. Um 
in past roles, I've, I've always, as a marketer, I've been blogging on behalf of other companies about their products and services. So being able to blog about things that I was working on and things that I personally am passionate about was really refreshing. Um, and I kind of just put it out there. I didn't really promote it at all. I tweeted a little bit about it, um, but it just, I, I expected nobody to read it. It was almost just like I was writing it for myself. <laughs> uh, but then right. it just kind of took off and snowballed. And um, w within three months, I had three customers that had signed on from the blog. And that's kind of when um, the the line in the sand where I'd say Circante officially was launched was once those uh, customers came on. So you just said you you write about something you're passionate about. So political science is now gone. It's closed in a box and it's just history <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, I'm still very interested in politics, but um, try to keep those opinions to myself largely. <laughs> Let's just leave the U.S. politics out of the, yeah. <laughs> you know, Very it's right. interesting U.S. Po political climate at the moment. Exactly. <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I just read a tweet about Mitt Romney. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so, um, yeah, are you still writing uh, for spot for the Pardot or now you have a team which does it for you? How involved are you in that? Yes. Yeah, so I still write content for the spot for Pardot. Um, the t my team also contributes content, and then we also do accept guest submissions. So um, a few of our customers have written posts, um, other community members that, um, I mean, s similar to the broader Salesforce ecosystem, the Pardot ecosystem is very collaborative and open, um, like less- like and small, also yeah, small. very small, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, any, any anybody who's interested in sharing content is totally welcome to uh, raise our hand for consideration for the blog. Nice. So uh, I would be interested in knowing, so what does a normal case study for you look like? Like when a company comes to you or let's say a startup guy like me, what would be your marketing tip? Like how do you go ahead and someone starting out and yeah, how do they go about their marketing strategy? My, my biggest tip for somebody who's just getting started with Pardot is to just start because it can feel really overwhelming to think about like all the things that you could and should do. So like lead scoring, lead routing, um, adding call to actions and points of lead capture on your website, building a welcome series, building a retention series, customer onboarding series. If you start listing out like all the things that you need to do, but you don't have, it feels so daunting that you almost don't even want to start. But like just getting the first email out, like getting a newsletter out, getting a um, autoresponder or intro email for people that are coming in through your website, um, those are, it goes a, a long way. So like taking the first baby step and then continuing to go forward would be my advice to somebody who's totally, totally new to Pardot. Not to forget the email templates and stuff. That's what I'm working on currently for my startup. So um, uh, you mentioned Pardot a lot, but if I go on the website, it's not just Pardot. It also says HubSpot and Marketing Cloud. You are also involved. I mean, how much of the other uh, tools you use in your work? Yeah, so um, on our team, we we have uh, folks that are certified in almost every major marketing automation platform. Um, but Pardot really is the core um, system that we work with on on the marketing side. Usually if we're working with those other systems, it's helping people migrate from them to Pardot. Um, 
that, that's the most common scenario for, for touching those other platforms. Um, on the marketing cloud side, we are doing a lot of work with um, Ad Studio, Social Studio, um, and occasionally our customers will, will have Pardot and Marketing Cloud operating together. So for different parts of the business using um, different platforms for sending those email communications. And in those instances, we've, we've helped them uh, with both. Um, I, I would also add that, so because Pardot, so most of the Marketing Cloud tools kind of sit in their own silo of the cloud. Um, and there's a connector where it's sending some information to Salesforce, but they're sort of their own beast. Um, yeah. Pardot is a little bit different in that a lot of the functionality is being moved on to the core platform. So um, you can access it within Sales Cloud. You can, it creates new objects for you in the background in Sales Cloud. The reporting can be done in Sales Cloud. Um, so the vast majority of our consultants are also um, certified in Sales Cloud. And we do a lot of work with um, Process Builder and um, building uh, custom automation on the Salesforce side to enhance what they're doing with Pardot. But it's usually in conjunction with uh, what the marketing team is trying to accomplish. I agree. So I, the Pardot uh, project I was talking about, I did it in 28. And that time it had a separate login. And recently, another client of mine asked, I was just doing a review and they asked me to show them a demo. So I connected the Berlin office, got a demo. And then I thought, wow, in two years, they have made huge progress. I mean, it's it, yeah. like Pardot is now inside Salesforce, like it's not a separate thing, you know? Yeah. And so how close are you to the technology guys in San Francisco? Because you seem to be very into the Pardot ecosystem and, you know, your business revolves around it. So how much in touch are you with Salesforce, technology guys, the product owners, and how important do you think is that relationship for your business? Um, it's, I would say it's pretty important. Um, so our team has built a reputation for solving the toughest technical Pardot challenges. So we'll frequently get tapped to get, give feedback on new features and things that are coming down the pipe, which um, we love because it, it helps us be better advisors to our clients knowing kind of what's, what's around the corner. Um, so yeah, we, we really value those opportunities in that relationship. Right. So, you, you know, also, you also take part in beta kind of releases and, you know, you know what features are coming in. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, let's talk about what uh, I believe you didn't prepare yourself to be a CEO or an entrepreneur. Like it started from the blog and it just kind of happened. So how has the journey been so far? Like, it looks like you're enjoying a lot and, you know, I can feel it and I can hear it. And uh, yeah, tell us about how's the journey been? Were you prepared for it or it was just like, it just kept happening and you just took the challenges as they came? Yeah, it, it totally is the latter. Um, I didn't expect th the company to grow as quickly as it has. And I've learned a ton over the last two years, um, but it, it sort of just escalated quickly. <laughs> um, so as kind of more customers started getting coming in, then the next challenge was, okay, great. Like we're selling, I'm selling this stuff now. Like how, how am I going to deliver it? So um, recruiting contractors who then became employees and starting to put processes in place around how, um, how work was scoped and assigned. Um, the, the biggest thing that I've learned over the last two years is that there's no, there are no rules and there's no hard and fast, like, this is what you need to do to be successful. There's no secret sauce. Everybody's just trying to figure it out. Um, but 
like having the confidence that like you will figure it out and you will get there, I feel like is what makes entrepreneurs successful. Right. There's no booklet which you can just read. I mean, there are some basic things like basic do's and don'ts, you know, but um, I would like to take this chance and ask. I also saw on your LinkedIn that you were uh, you are also an MBA coach. So was that helpful? I'm pretty sure that was right. Yeah. So um, the, the program is called All MBA. It's uh, created by this author named Seth Godin. I know. Um, Everybody knows him. Yeah. So Godin's the best. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was involved in that in that uh, program for a really long time. I went through it as a student and then um, coached for eight or eight or nine sessions of it. Um, and what the program basically does is it brings um, change makers from all spaces. So marketing, technology, product, government, and literally any sector you can think of, uh, people uh, joining these courses. And it's a 30-day sprint of um, reading, writing, getting together on Zoom with different people from around the world uh, and sharing ideas. And yeah, there, there are a lot of people in that program that are either are entrepreneurs or would like to become one someday. So um, that definitely provided some inspiration for starting Circante. Uh, and another piece of inspiration that I took from that program is the tool set that we use. So Zoom for video communications and internal calls um, and very very open and active slack dialogue um, around everything that we do those are two kind of cornerstones of all mba that have have totally become a part of circante so you would recommend this course to budding forcepreneurs or people starting irrespective of its yeah. salesforce or any other industry yeah absolutely any literally any industry anybody who's looking to drive change or make some kind of pivot in our career um highly recommend it is it paid or how does one get hold of it? What's the website? The website is just altmba.com. Um, it is paid. Uh, I'm not sure what the, the current tuition is, to be honest. Um, Which is all right. Uh, people can go up and look it up. But you're not doing that coaching anymore. Um, yeah. So it kind of takes pretty much 100% of my time, <laughs> 150% of my time. So, um, yeah, I've, I've taken a step back from that. So you you mentioned that you're in Atlanta, Georgia, and Salesforce has this very beautiful thing called local Ohana, where you have local developer meetings and stuff like you know. So how is your how's how are your interactions with that? And um, you know, it's a global company, and we are global, and I'm like in Berlin. But uh, how's the local Ohana helped you? Because you mentioned there are eight people in Atlanta, as you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I I am a huge fan of user groups in general because. Um, so I've, I've worked with Pardot and Salesforce since 2010, as I mentioned, and that's the, the way pre-trailhead days. So in right. those days, <laughs> the only way to get answers was to Google it like relentlessly. And then if all else fails, try to find somebody who's done it before and swap ideas. Um, like having the ability to talk something through somebody is hugely valuable. Um, we have, I think we're up to seven user group leaders that we have on our, our team. So the Atlanta Pardot user group is run by Aaron Duncan, who's on our team. Um, the Seattle, Philly, uh, West Kentucky, um, Austin. Yeah, I, think, I'm, I know I'm missing some, but we, we have a lot of user group leaders on our team because we think it's it's really valuable and important. Um, but yeah, the Atlanta community is great. The Pardot user group is pretty strong. 
Um, there's a women in tech group that's run by um, Steph First and uh, Gloria, who's another MVP. Um, that's great and a, an awesome place to meet people and network. Um, so yeah, love love staying involved with the Atlanta Ohana and Southeast Dreaming, which is coming up in March. Um, awesome conference. Yeah, so please check out Southeast Dreaming, which is happening in March. Also London Calling. So for Europe, it's London Calling. Yeah. Um, and does Salesforce have a local office in Atlanta, Georgia, or in your area? How are your relations with that? Do you get some business through that? How are, yeah. Yeah, so Atlanta is actually the original home of Pardot. So it was originally founded in Atlanta. Wow. Um, so there is a Salesforce office, and it's the uh, the original place where Pardot was. Um, they they recently just took over a couple additional floors in that building. So it's, it's officially rebranded as Salesforce Tower. Um, and they're building an Ohana floor on the top and the whole nine yards. Nice. Um, but yeah, so and... referrals, referrals from Salesforce, um, a, a lot of Salesforce consultants end up being very, very dependent on Salesforce for leads. So like building relationships with AEs and um, using that as kind of the main channel for new business. I've tried to kind of avoid that, to be totally honest, because I've Great. seen... Yeah, I've seen consultants get burned where if one project goes south or something happens to their reputation, Salesforce kind of like shuts off the tap and then their leads dry up and then they're in a really tough spot. So I never want to be in a position where we're depending on something external to be like our main source of leads. So continuing to build the blog and referral channels as as the biggest drivers of new business. Um, that said, there are a handful of, of Pardot AEs that we work really closely with that um, have sent us some amazing business. Um, but we, we want that to be a two-way partnership where we're adding value to them in addition to them sending us leads and not kind of making that the central focus of all of our sales and marketing efforts. I think that's a very great piece of advice that you can give to people because in the last uh, few episodes, like uh, AEs have also been the cornerstone or like people mentioned how important it is to, you know, build those relationships and then keep nourishing those relationships, you know, and then you got to also Salesforce has a huge churn rate. So people are also moving, changing, promoted. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a cycle in itself, but it's a, it's like, yeah. it's a project in itself to just maintain those. So it's yeah. really nice that you said, and as we spoke before, good work speaks for itself. So, you know, the best publicity is by the word of mouth. And of course you need them, but they also need you because without good implementers, like what would the product do, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think another thing that's difficult for a difficult line for consultants to walk is that like Salesforce and our customers are kind of both our customers. Um, but I want to make sure that we're always prioritizing what the customer needs over what Salesforce needs. So if Salesforce is recommending a product that we don't believe our customers should have, we're going to say something about it. Like we're not, our priority is making our customers successful, not helping Salesforce sell, um, which is not always the most popular of opinions if you're talking to people on the Salesforce sales team. But ultimately, I think it's, for the best it's for the best for us for the customer and for sales absolutely major props to you and i think it's very important to have those values and to have your own voice i mean you just don't 
follow the herd mentality and be like okay this is how it is and you know you are my prime god you know yeah. you have your own and you hold your own ground and you're like okay this is what we can do and you know what you can deliver that's the important part interesting so i'll start with uh, what have been your major challenges or top 3 challenges that you have faced in the last three uh, two and a half three years let's call it like that of building a company like recruiting is one yeah. i would say but yeah what else recruiting for sure um i would also say just pro- process in general so ensuring that we have enough structure around delivery processes that we're going to deliver a consistently awesome experience without creating too much process where we're creating bureaucracy and hoops that our consultants have to jump through that don't end up adding value at the end of the day. Um, the the interesting thing about our pace of growth is I feel like every time we get a process nailed down and get it all smoothed out and working perfectly, we add another 10 people to the mix and then everything breaks and we have to figure out again and restructure. So our team has had to become super comfortable with change and just kind of rolling with the punches as we've grown. Um, yeah, so process, I, in, in short, is the, the big number two. Um, what else? I guess another one I would say that I think probably in a lot of Salesforce consultants also struggle with is balancing our internal projects with client delivery projects. So the sea of our own Pardot and Salesforce org, like we would never let a customer get away with doing what we're doing to ourselves. Like there's a lot of duct tape and glue um, in our own environment because we're prioritizing what our customers need versus getting our own house in really great order. Um, so that battle is a perpetual struggle. It happens to the best. And, you know, uh, it's a good problem to have, I would say. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, continuing on that, what would be your advice for budding forcepreneurs or someone who wants to now start in the Salesforce Cosmos? What would be your tips for that? Um, so similar to my advice for people that are new to Cardot, my advice to people who are, are pondering taking the leap and starting their own venture uh, would be just do it. Like, I I wish, looking back two years ago, I wish I would have started Circante five years ago. Like, I can't even imagine where we would be if I would have taken that leap of faith earlier. Um, and, like, I didn't even really take a leap of faith. I just took, like, a couple of baby steps and it just, like, spiraled quickly. Um, but no regrets would absolutely do it again. Um, and even if we fail and close our doors tomorrow, I would find something else to start. So biggest piece of advice would be just go for it. You, you will be successful in that you will definitely learn something and get value out of the experience best advice ever like just to interrupt you a little when i was contemplating uh doing going freelancing i I had a project here at ebay in berlin and i i met another freelancer who was an admin and i was a developer and we were like the two wheels and he was the one he had the exact same voice i was working for a company he was like just do it bro and he's one of my best pals now it's just about he just said just do it and in the process if it doesn't work out you will learn something and i've never looked back again yeah yeah and I think there's there's such a need for Salesforce and Pardot help right now that um, that it just feels like the opportunity in the ecosystem is like there's so much of it, like believing in that abundance and like not being afraid of like where the next paycheck is going to come from. It's it's hard to like make that leap, but once you do, it's 
it's impossible to ignore how much opportunity is everywhere. What else? What else can you tell budding entrepreneurs? Um, hmm. So we talked about kind of the default way of problem solving in the Salesforce world being Googling it relentlessly as the, kind of the first course of action. Um, I kind of took that approach with with starting Circante, Googling pretty much like how to write an SOW contract, like contract language for an MSA. Um, and I, honestly, like 95% of the information that's out there about the right way to start a company, I feel like is complete garbage. Like talking to other entrepreneurs that have like made it a lot further than I have, um, almost everything that I, I thought was really important at the beginning, they're like, oh yeah, you don't need that. Like, okay, well, like, can, do you have any referrals to attorneys so that they can review my SW verbiage? And like, seriously, like you, you don't need an attorney. Like it's gonna be $400 an hour. They're gonna like mark this up and this verbiage only matters at the end of the day when you get sued. So, and if you get sued, it's gonna be, this isn't gonna save you anyway. So don't worry about that. It'll be fine. Nice. <laughs> um, so other piece of advice would be just take everything that you read on Google with a grain of salt because it's probably written by somebody who didn't start a company. All right. So yeah, slowly coming to the end. So who are the entrepreneurs you look up to for inspiration? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so, one, so everybody has Mark. So Mark is like a default answer. Who else? <laughs> well, so Adam Blitzer is, would also be a default answer for Pardot entrepreneurs because he's the founder of Pardot. Um, but he started Say Pardot again? with um, Adam Blitzer is okay. the original founder of Pardot. He um, just got uh, moved to be the CEO of Marketing Cloud. Um, wow. But so he, he started Pardot when he was 27 and they, they didn't accept outside funding, um, bootstrap the whole thing. Um, so I really admire that, just kind of growing it and um, staying the course and betting on themselves and funding the growth of Pardot through the growth of their customers. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, Melanie Filet and Zari Zara from Speckit, um, I also have a lot of admiration for. Um, I don't know if you've come across them yet in your uh, entrepreneur hunting. I I just wrote to them on LinkedIn and I said, I would like to interview you someday, but you know, I already have like you and other people in the plan and they were kind enough to just say, yes, let's just let us know. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Please go ahead. Yeah. What, what I really love about their story is they, um, they were working for a large corporation and saw, uh, saw a gap in their tech stack and then um, made the leap to go solve it and build a product that solves it. Um, and I love I, I love that like very specific focus on solving a problem that they understand inside and out. Uh, Cause that's sort of how, how I feel like how Sirkante was born. It's like I'm solving something that I am intimately familiar with. Um, so yeah, they have a super interesting story and I, um, their growth path has been awesome. Um, and so really look up to both of them. All right. So, uh, do you like reading? I love reading. And um, any book that you would recommend to our listeners? Ooh, yeah. So, um, love love reading. Um, if we were, if I was downstairs in my house, you'd see these like massive bookshelves that are like all over my living room. But um, anything by Seth Godin. So I'm a huge Seth Godin fan. Um, Extreme Ownership, uh, which I mentioned is one of our core values, uh, is also a book that we ask a lot of our new team members to read. Um, the Art of Possibility 
is I should have mentioned that one first. That's like my hands down favorite of all time. Um, there's a book called um, Zag by Marty Newmeyer that talks about branding and positioning um, that I really love. Uh, and then also Ra Radical Candor is one that I've read recently that I'm a big fan of. Wow, you are an avid reader. I can tell that. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Andrea. That was really fun talking to you. Before we finish, I have a small rapid fire round and be quick be fast and it's just a this or that kind of stuff so are you ready yep i'm ready all right tea or coffee coffee windows or mac uh mac or sorry windows <laughs> blog posts or tweets mm, blogs what is a good time to release an article morning afternoon evening morning what is a good time to tweet morning afternoon evening evening Pardot, Hotspot, Marketing Cloud, your tool of choice. Pardot, of course. <laughs> Ebooks or hard copy? Mm, hard copy. Uh, are you a morning person or a night person? Morning for sure. Your choice of morning routine, meditation, yoga, journaling? I don't do any of those things, but I should do all of them. <laughs> Which city do you like to travel to for business? Um, I like London. Okay. A favorite holiday destination? Um, South Africa. All right. As a business traveler, which hotel chain is the best value for money? Um, no hotel chain. Um, hotel Tonight, the app. Avid fan of that. A Terrell referral code. <laughs> Sign up. <laughs> nice. Uh, your best Dreamforce until now, and why? I've actually only been to Dreamforce twice. So Dreamforce 2011 and this past year. Actually, no, three times, sorry. Last two years and then Dreamforce 2011. Um, and I'd say Dreamforce 2011 because that's when I um, first was exposed to marketing automation as a category and totally drank the Salesforce Kool-Aid. Nice. Last question, yes or no, can Google be dethroned? Yes. Yeah, I think anybody can be dethroned. It'd be hard to upset Google for sure, but crazier things have happened interesting thank you andrea thank you so much for talking and thank you take, uh, taking time out for us i it was really nice talking to you it was really insightful i learned a lot and i think you're on the right path i would also say you might you should also maybe start uh, the spot for pardot podcast because you have a really nice voice and you have this energy time might be an issue but uh, I think you should definitely do that and yeah if anytime you're over the pond here in uh, EMEA please let's meet I will be at London calling and before we close any closing notes anything you would like to add uh no thanks for having me this is this is really fun um yeah you yeah great questions um yeah I really enjoyed this thank you thank you for your time and yeah uh, see you soon That's it for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, check out the other episodes. Please like, share, and subscribe to Forcepreneur. We are available on all major platforms. If you have feedback about any episode or would like me to interview someone, please go to www.forcepreneur.com and let me know. I will get back to you as soon as I can. This is Ankit Taneja signing out. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.